you, choir. A beautiful song, as usual. And I so much appreciate the choir and Brother Steve and the musicians. Um, what a blessing it is for the saints to gather together and worship and to be able to sing praises and to hear praises sung unto the Lord. In 1989, Don Henley, who was the lead singer for a group called the Eagles, you may remember, but he released a solo album, and on that solo album, he had a song entitled, The Heart of the Matter. I don't know if I ever heard that song or not this week, or in my life, but this week I was looking up some thoughts, and this song came uh, before me. The song is about broken relationships, or a broken relationship, and seeking restoration. And so I read the lyrics to the song, and the chorus kind of caught my mind. I've been trying to get down to the heart of the matter, but my will gets weak, and my thoughts seem to scatter. But I think it's about forgiveness. For a secular song, and for a, um, a song that had no idea about Reconciliation with God, some very interesting thoughts in that chorus. I've been trying to get down to the heart of the matter. How can we have a reconciled relationship with God? That, my friend, is the heart of the matter, but more than that, the heart of the gospel is the answer. To that question, how can we have a reconciled relationship with God? Read along with me in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 5, verses 17 through 21, as we think on the subject of the heart of the gospel. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of our ministry of reconciliation. The word of reconciliation. Now then, verse 20, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf... Be reconciled to God, for He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. May we pray. Father, we thank You for the gospel message. We thank You that many who listen today heard that gospel message at some time in the past, and believed it, believed that Jesus paid the price 
for their sin, that He became sin for them, that they might become the righteousness of God in Him, in Christ. Lord, thank You for entrusting to us that ministry of reconciliation. Oh, Father, give us a heart, a desire to want to tell others about Christ who knew no sin yet became sin for us. May we understand the heart of the gospel. May we understand grace, your unmerited favor. Father, may we share that message with others. For we pray in our Savior's wonderful name. Amen. The heart of the gospel could be summed up, I would say, in one word. Grace. Grace. If you read these verses, you understand that was Paul's word. (laughs) The Spirit of God moved upon Paul as he expressed it. It's not used in these verses, but this describes for us grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's grace. Unmerited favor. That's grace. God doing it for us. That is grace. Grace, grace. Wonderful grace. Grace that will pardon and receive. Oh, that we might understand God's grace. As we look at these verses and think of the heart of the gospel, I want you to notice five simple statements or truths about grace. First, the fact of grace. Verse 17, Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and all things are become new. Paul is describing what happened to him. Old things. Paul, the persecutor of Christians, became one who proclaimed Christ. Paul declares the fact of grace in his own life. Look at the phrase. Therefore, points us back to the things he had said before, and so we'll not go to those this morning, but you can point yourself back. And he says, if anyone is in Christ, that was Paul's phrase, In Christ, that means trusting Him, relying upon Him. You are in Christ. We understand that more fully in light of verse 21, that we're made the righteousness of God in Christ. So Paul says, if anyone is in Christ, he's describing a believer, one that has been a recipient of God's grace. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The word creature or creation, the old King James said creature, the new King James says creation. He's describing a new nature. He's describing a new creation. That word is translated 11 times creature, six times it's translated creation, but one time it's translated building. That's interesting. Because he's describing something that was not, that became. The God of creation recreated Paul 
Not because Paul deserved it. He was a murderer. He hated Christians. He was a zealous Jew trying to earn his right before God. But he failed miserably. God saved him and made him a new creation, that which never existed before. The head of the old creation was Adam. The new creation, the head is Christ, the last Adam. Read Romans 5 sometimes for the discussion on the two Adams. And nobody was able to reflect this transformation more than Paul. The persecutor of Christ became the proclaimer of Christ. And the reason he repeatedly speaks of a believer's relationship to Christ and of his relationship to Christ is because the message of the gospel that he believed, that you and I must believe, the fact of the gospel is that we do not merit it. He says that all things are become new. There is a new record, a new covenant, a new name, a child of God. Can I ask you this morning, are you a new creature, a new creation in Christ? The fact of grace is that only Jesus can transform a life. Paul makes that clear, verse 17. But notice this, not only the fact of grace, but look at the source of it. Where does this grace come from? Verse 18, the first phrase, answers that for us. Now all things are of God. If grace were merited, and that's redundant, isn't it? It's unmerited. But if it could be received, then it wouldn't be of God. Our friends that want to believe we can somehow or another earn God's respect or God's love or God's mercy, they miss this phrase, all things are of God. Like the first creation of the universe and of mankind, Adam and Eve in the garden, the new creation, like that first, was initiated by God. The Lord. As I was studying this, a thought came to my mind in my my love and appreciation for grace. We don't try to say that man willed himself to be created, do we? Why? Because we believe God is sovereign in creation. Why then, my friend, do we believe that we will? Ourself into salvation. Who initiates salvation? Sovereign God. He sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sin, the atoning sacrifice for our sin. Salvation is God's work from start to finish. He planned it. He purchased it. He performs it. He preserves it. And listen, my friend, He should have the praise of it. Not you, not me, not some preacher that willed you to salvation. Not a grandmother, grandfather that prayed you to be saved. Certainly we do those things. We pray. But it's of God. Salvation from start to finish. Paul told the Romans in Romans 9, 16, It is of God who shows 
mercy, not of man, nor of man's will. Stop robbing God of His glory. It is God who saves. Salvation is all of Him, or as Spurgeon said in his little book, it's all of grace. Grace. All things are of God. This new creation, this new creature that Paul is speaking about and the Spirit of God is moving and referring to is all of God. That is the source of grace. The fact of grace, verse 17, the source of grace. But then in verses 18 and 19, in totality, we see the message of grace. The message. Looking at the heart of the gospel. What is the message of grace? All things are of God who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. What is that ministry of reconciliation, Paul? Well, it's that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. Not in you. Not in your efforts, but in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, to the world. The message of grace. God was in Christ. That's important. Some read that verse and they see it one of two ways. Some see it, God was in Christ And they think it's a statement of the deity of Jesus. Well, certainly we know He was God. He declared Himself that He was God, that He was deity. So that that could be what He's saying. But I think it's better this, that God was in Christ reconciling the world, meaning that God was in Christ doing it. In Christ He reconciled the world to Himself. He was doing it in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say then that he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. He's committed to us, he's entrusted to us the ministry of reconciliation. That means that the Lord God has sent us that have been reconciled to tell the world, to tell lost sinners. That's your responsibility. That's my responsibility. If I've experienced the ministry or the reconciliation with God, In Christ, then He's given to me, He's given to you, He's entrusted to us the ministry, the work, the service of reconciliation. Are we doing that? Do you hear me? Do you care for your children? Do you care for your grandchildren? Do you care for your nieces, nephews, your neighbors? God has given you. No, we want to say that's professional clergy's job. Let them, let the preacher tell them. Or we may even say, well, let let the Sunday school. Dear friend, that's our privilege to share the gospel with a lost and dying world. He's committed to us, entrusted to us the word of reconciliation. Oh, we don't need to raise some flag of surrender and entrust that to someone else when God has entrusted that to us. If you have been reconciled to God by His dear Son, then you have a word of reconciliation. 
You have a ministry that He's called you to. The message of grace. That God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself. You may be troubled with that word world. We obviously know that not everyone will be saved. But my dear friend, we are to carry that message. We are to preach whosoever will may come and leave it with the Lord as He does His saving work. So the message of grace, the fact of grace, the source of grace. But fourthly, verse 20, notice the call of grace. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador was the word that's used here referred to an elder, uh, an aged person that had authority given to them by someone else. An ambassador in the ancient world, Roman or Jewish, uh, was one that had been commissioned for a special assignment. They represented the sender, the one who commissioned them, and they exercised authority in declaring that message. The authority, not of their own, of their sender. We are called ambassadors. We're royal ambassadors. You remember RAs, guys, from, from growing up? Years ago, we, we did that. that. That's where this comes from. We are ambassadors for Christ. That's the call of grace. We that have experienced reconciliation, that God was in Christ reconciling us to Himself. He's now entrusted to us as His ambassadors to carry. We have an authority. If they reject what we bring, they reject Christ. They reject the message. It may burden us, but that's on them. The fact of grace, the source of grace, the message of grace, the call of grace. But oh, and let, let me go on in verse 20 before I, I close that. He says that as though God were pleading through us. And so what Paul is doing here, he's telling them now his message as an ambassador. It's like he said, okay, here's my, here's my message that I give. Here's what I declare. And he says that we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Verse 21 is the basis of grace. The basis of grace. Now let me caution you here. Nowhere in verse 21 is it saying that Jesus became sinful. He didn't become sinful in Himself. That's a false idea. The Father judged Him for our sin. It's as though He took our sin upon Himself. God made Him to be a sin offering. For us, He did not become sinful. He became sin for us, our substitute. That's what Paul's saying as an ambassador. Here's my message. Here's my message. I implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Here's how that can happen. Because God made Him who knew no sin. The Lord Jesus Christ had no sin. But He became sin for us, a substitute for us, an offering for us, for us, for us, for you, my friend. 
He became sin for us. Think about that. He who knew no sin did what he did because we knew no righteousness. All of our righteousnesses are as filthy, leprous rags before a holy God, a righteous God. And Jesus, who knew no sin, took upon himself not sinfulness and became a sinner, but rather he took the punishment. He made himself the offering for our sin. That we who knew no righteousness could be declared righteous, could be imputed to us His perfect holiness, that the Father would look upon us. Oh, the basis of grace. How wonderful the grace of our loving Lord. Do you know His grace? Do you know that that's the heart of this message we talk about? The gospel that we proclaim? The gospel isn't work as hard as you can and try to please God and He'll accept you. That's not good news because I can't work before Him according to the Scripture. The good news is that He accepts us on the basis of Jesus becoming sin for us. And I know in this church, we, we, we'll, we'll say we've preached the gospel for years. We love the gospel and we do and we have and praise God, we pray that we will preach the gospel for years. But have we geared up that ministry of reconciliation? Do we see our responsibility in sharing this message? Paul is saying as an ambassador, it's as though God were pleading through us. And we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He was motivated that his listeners would be reconciled to God on the basis of grace. For he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. When a person works an eight-hour day and receives a fair, day, a fair pay for that day's work, we call it a wage. When a person competes with an opponent and, and receives a trophy for his performance, we call it a prize. When a person receives recognition for his service or his achievement, we call it an award. But when a person is not capable of earning a wage and he's not capable of, of winning a prize, and he's not capable of receiving an award. If then he receives something, it's a gift. Salvation, my friend, is a gift of God. Ephesians 2. Not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. It's all of grace. God's unmerited favor. That's the heart of the gospel message. It's not gospel. It's not good news. If you have to earn it like a wage, win it like a prize, or receive it like an award. But it is a gift. And it's yours for the taking if you've never believed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I invite you to look to Him. That just means trust Him. To believe upon Him. 
who became sin for you, that you might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. What a wonderful reconciliation. And Christian friend, we have a ministry. We have a word. It's not all to be laid upon somebody else and throw money at them or give them a, a, a job description. It's upon each of us that we go forth with the word of reconciliation. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the scripture. Thank you for reminders time and time again of your grace. No place is too dark. No place is too deep. No place is too dirty. That you would not reach us. Your grace is sufficient. Father in heaven, we pray today that you would be magnified, glorified, exalted in this place because of your graciousness toward us. Lord, we that have tasted and seen that you are good, may, may we carry it forth, making it known, not just as a beggar that's found bread, but even more than that, a dead man that's been made alive. May we go forth telling of the one who's raised us, who's quickened us, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, may, we, may you be glorified is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.